Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic, as well as how to convert that traffic once they click off an individual platform, be it Facebook, Google, whatever, and finally convert and become customers of yours. And that's what we do here at Perpetual Traffic. We help you scale and grow your business through customer acquisition. So before we get into today's conversation, I just want to uh, take a moment here to say a big thank you to everyone who's left us a review. Uh, each review really goes a long way in helping us continue to bring great content to you and provide this show for you. It allows us to spread the messages and all the things that we talk about on the show to a wider audience. So we really appreciate everyone who has left us a review recently. Uh, a special thanks goes out to From London 13 who said this, and I blush when I read it out here. This is my go-to podcast in the digital marketing space. Great tips and insights on the future of the industry. The latest episode is like a morning breakfast show. Wow, Kasim, I didn't realize we were morning breakfast hosts. Looking forward to the next episodes on this great podcast. Really appreciate that from From London 13. I know you've been trolling over on uh, iTunes podcast as well, Kasim. What have you found over there and who's been leaving us good reviews as well? Well, so shout out. I'm going to read off some handles just as thank yous. And some of these are funnier than others. Karma Fishing, Nothing Great, Jesse, Kyle and Jamie, I'd Rather Walk, This Is Laura's. Thank you all very much. And, and, and to balance things out, Ralph, can I read one of our bad reviews? Yeah. So here's our, here's our one-star review. Uh, it's our most recent one-star review. It's back back from June. So thank God we don't have more. But uh, this dude said, half the show is ads and the other half is them talking about their brands and brand partners. Yeah. You know, that actually, the, the negative reviews, not that we want you to leave us negative reviews, but the, the point is, it's like we actually do read these because it's hard knowing exactly what it is that you, the the listener, really wants. I mean, obviously, we've surveyed you as a, as a sort of a, a, a list, so to speak. But I mean, we have found the types of things that you want us to talk about, but getting feedback on this sort of stuff is really, really important. And I think uh, there was a time when we were trying to figure out the balance between ads and content. And I think we've sort of struck a, a mix here. You got to pay the bills, like putting on a podcast costs some money, right? Costs Ryan Dice money to do this. So we do have to strike that balance. So the negative reviews are helpful and instructive, but also keep the positive ones coming because it really does help the show get to a wider audience as well. That's amazing. So just leave your ratings on the show. We will read them here on the show live and actually mention your name if you do give us a, a positive and honest review over on iTunes. Really appreciate that. So Today's conversation is with Travis Stevenson, and we'll be getting into that in just one moment. But I wanted to alert you to a special thing that we're doing over at Tier 11. We've never actually done this before. We uh, did announce this to our list a week or so ago, and we're going to do the same thing over here on Perpetual Traffic. What we're doing is we're giving away five free customer acquisition path audits to five companies, just five, uh, because these take a long time to do. Now, what is a customer acquisition path audit? You say, well, it's a look at and a understanding and a deep dive on everything from your front-facing ads through Facebook and Google all the way through your entire customer acquisition path, which is your landing page, your sales page, all the way through to your offer. And we give you an analysis that tells you exactly where the holes are and what needs to be fixed and a potential uh, list of solutions. And that's what we refer to as our customer acquisition path audit. We usually charge $1,000 for these, but we are giving away five for free 
to five businesses, five companies that do qualify. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit and get your free customer acquisition path audit there. This is going to be a very limited time offer. So it's not just the first five people, but it's also the first five that actually do qualify. There is a qualification process because these do take a tremendous amount of time for us to do, but we want to do this for you, the perpetual traffic listener to help you scale and grow in the coming year. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit and get your free customer acquisition path audit on us. So today's conversation is with Travis Stevenson. He's the CEO of Chatmatic, a company that helps businesses take advantage of Messenger. Today, we're going to be talking all about automation and why you should reconsider using a bot on your site, as well as reconsider using Messenger marketing. It was the thing four, five, six years ago, and I think you all got tired of it, myself included. So we're going to put uh, Travis on the hot seat today and talk about automation. And I know you're really going to enjoy it. So stick around. We're going to get into the interview with Travis right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprig. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Today's conversation is with Travis Stevenson. Yeah, he's been just waiting around while we just pat ourselves on the back here for the first five minutes of the show. Appreciate him being here. He is the CEO of Chatmatic, company that helps businesses take advantage of Messenger. Welcome to the show, Travis Stevenson. Thank you, man. I, I feel even more honored now knowing how many amazing five stars you guys have. This is great. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you, you know, no pressure, but you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we want all five yeah, stars after this show here today. So we're going to, we're going to put you through the ringer a bit because you're like the second or third person we've had on here talking about automation, chatbots, a lot of the sort of things that we're going to be talking about here today, but we wouldn't have had you on the show if we didn't feel like it was something that you, the perpetual traffic listener and a marketing professional, and if you're online trying to acquire new customers, like automation is something that you really do have to pay attention to and look at other ways in which to do it. I think I want to tee this up a little bit for you, Travis. I'm going to tell you why I'm interested in chat. As I, you know, I run a paid ad agency and paid ads are on fire right now, as you know. The privacy first paradigm is forever, right? Like that's definitely not going away. It's only going to get worse. And so the, the new axe that I have to grind is going to be first party data. And yeah. I don't think there's a more effective way of capturing robust first party data than chat. So cards on the table. I Dude, I hate chat bots. I hate them. They, they annoy the daylights out of me as a user. They annoy the daylights out of me as, a, as, a, as, a, as an agency. But I'm now in this really weird, sticky situation where 
I don't see a path forward where I can afford to ignore them. So you got to like, you got to turn me around a little bit. I understand the value proposition, but how do we make them so they don't suck? Because the minute I get on a website and somebody fires a chatbot in my face, I'm just mad. So like, help me. Yeah. We'll start there. And sorry I to make second, it so hard. I, I second that emotion. Welcome to perpetual I, you, traffic. You no, know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I I also hate chatbots. I we, hate the term. We hate chatbot. you, but start talking. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, made it made it easy. I I as well. I, like I fight it all the time. I hate the term chatbot. I hate the idea of chatbot. And what I'm seeing in the market. 90% of chatbot, people are overcomplicating, which then makes them easy to hate. When you have a, a, a chatbot that a lot of people think that it has to contain the entire ecosystem and everything has to be done in the chatbot versus just making a linear progression that then does what you need it to do and is helpful and then gets them moving on. I think that's a different way to look at it. So if you overcomplicate your chatbot, it becomes a bot. I look at it and say, how can we use this as a as a bridge to then get people where we want to go by giving them what they need from us, but also getting what we might want from them. Um, and I mean, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the, you know, the, the Ryan Levesque style ask methods, right? The, mm. the, if you ask people questions on the way in, even a simple yes or no can then make things dramatically easier. And if you think about, you know, a sales call, you get on a sales call, a lot of times they're going to, ask you kind of a teed up yes or no question. And and that's usually the first way that it goes is like, hey, are you trying to start an agency, for instance, right? First question, yeah, of course I am. That's why I'm on the call. Okay, great. Now we know that about you. We can take that direction because if you said no, you don't qualify for the call. We should spend less time with you. It's that methodology that I try to use in our sequencing is let me let me make sure that you're right for this and let me give you exactly what you want. And I'll give you one quick example. We work with a client that sells sports bras for women who are working out. And the, the collarbone is covered and there's three different models. One is very thin, one is medium, and one is like padded, padded. And apparently there's a problem in the market where women who are doing CrossFit and Olympic lifting, they get bruises on their collarbone from the bar hitting their collarbones. And so on the way in, you create this like what we call an assessment funnel or an assessment sequence. On the way in, simply ask them, hey, do you lift? Do you have a problem with bruising on your collarbone? Yes or no? Because if they say no, don't show them the super padded one. Show them the one that's super thin, right? And, and if that's all you do is then use that first question, maybe to ask another one and then give them, hey, this is what you're looking for. That then becomes not so much like, oh, a chat bot that I've got to have this long, insane conversation with when really what I want is an answer. So chatbots to me always end up feeling like when I call Comcast support and I go through 19 mm. different things. I love when it says, first it'll say in Spanish, like if you want the rest of this in Spanish, press two, and then it'll say it in English. It's like, why, why did you say it in English if you already said it in Spanish? If I want it in Spanish, I would have said it already, done it already. But I always think of chatbots as being that sort of thing, mechanized, like overly redundant almost, where you have to do it that way because you're trying to cover all your bases. I look at it as a conversational funnel of sorts or sequence that takes the model that we use right now, which is kind of landing page. So if we think about a normal landing page, it's like a billboard. A landing page has to appeal to everybody that I might send there, right? So we've got to have a lot of different information. The chat sequence can then take that and flip it on its head and say, no, no, no. At first, it'll appeal to everybody. But by the third question, second question, it's like... Uh, nailed down right to you. Oh, you have, you've had a problem for more than two years with biting your fingernails and now it's time to cure that problem. Here's your solution versus, well, it's a different solution if you've been doing it for 10 years. Little things like that then just make it easier to provide a solution. So if we think about automations in Messenger or, or Instagram as a way to funnel people through to get the solution they're looking for, it's not as like taxing on on you as the agency owner or or even the business owner or the person actually going through the funnel it's not as taxing it doesn't feel like here i go i'm just going to go through this thing and i've still got to figure something out so i think that we've got to come back from where we've been and i think the evolution with bots took over people got way too crazy thinking they had to overdo it we've made significantly more money with from our clients and our clients using our platform by making simple five to 12 step sequences 
And I say 12, that's like even including when a bridge, when you bridge somebody off, that's two. And then another bridge could be four. Just having simple, you know, fours, give or take three to 12 step sequences that then use that first party data to hyper segment in the future for their marketing. And that then becomes significant. So I think just taking a step back and not overcomplicating it, getting it done, having a purpose and sticking to that. And it just bypasses needing a landing page. It's faster. There's you know a bunch of stuff like that. But ultimately, you get data with everybody that you send in. Dude, so the bra example is brilliant. It's brilliant for a couple of reasons. You just told them, hey, I know you as a customer. Like if I'm actually having that problem, I'm a power lifter and I'm bruising on my, on my collarbone and you ask me that question, it's very rare for an organization to get that close to somebody's needs that quickly without really understanding who these people are. So, and you can't do it on a website, right? Like you can't right. build that most Shopify funnels, you know, let's say it's a store. You're not going to be able to build that when somebody lands on your landing page, you're not putting them through a quiz most of the time, but that assessment right away, it's the same thing a doctor would do. If you walk into a doctor's office, he's going to ask you what's going on. Tell me about your symptoms. Let me now give you the prescription. But yeah. because we're such good marketers now, our assumption is, well, I targeted people who were like this or they're fans of mine. So they probably fit this criteria. But meanwhile, and, and I can do this example a, a million times, there was a skateboard company that sold a, an automated skateboard and they were retargeting everybody who was abandoning their carts. And on the retargeting, initially, they were just sending them back to their website saying, hey, grab, you, know, you forgot your skateboard. And that I think was, and, and I could be off on the numbers in the actual case study. This was probably three years ago, but it was about 7x ROI on the retargeting. Not bad. But then they pulled all of their abandoned carts and said, why are you guys abandoning? And they said, well, because your skateboard is sold in different sizes based on my height and weight. And I didn't know which size I needed. So then they switched their retargeting and they sent people into a sequence that said, hey, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Here's your skateboard. And their mm. retargeting ROI went to 56X from 7X because Jeez. they so asked people a question and said, here's your solution. Here's what we've lost because of privacy concerns. We've lost the ability to segment users on the front end, right? Like I used to be able to go off and target. Yeah, I could say, hey, give me, give me a, a NASCAR driver who drinks whiskey and has red hair inside of Montana and just took a vacation to yep. Ecuador. And, and, and Facebook's like, yeah, teed them up. Boom, there you go. Yep. That's gone. But what you're saying is, and, and what I kind of want our listeners to key in on is, segmentation doesn't have to be dead. But instead of pre-click, it's now post-click. So you can segment your traffic and you can, you can do so using something like chat. And that'll begin intrinsically qualifying these folks. And then, and this is the thing, this is the X that I want to grind. And I'm never going to stop grinding it. Then it's first-party data. And then you own it. And now you can speak to people the way that Travis is talking about speaking to people, which I think is, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, the other well, and imagine this. Cool. If, you're doing, if you're doing that qualification post-click, now you're getting data from people that you had initially didn't know you wanted in your funnel. So again, if you wanted to get super targeted and you wanted to go NASCAR drivers in Montana and you target people in Montana, we know we can do that level. But now you also get people who are into, they're not into NASCAR, they're into rodeo. Well, now I can start selling rodeo stuff because now I've got an audience. And remember, everybody that goes into a chat sequence is technically a subscriber, somebody that you could reach back out to. If you wanted to manually, you could have a VA like sending personal messages to everybody outside of 24 hours. Inside well, of 24 hours, bit, you can automate. A technical perspective, that's because the chats are happening inside of Instagram Messenger or Facebook Messenger, right? And then- Which live forever, exactly. Yep. So that data technically lives forever, which is why this gives us a huge advantage on retargeting as well. If I send somebody to my website, now on Facebook, that only lives in an audience, a retargeting audience, for about seven days. If I send them into a chat, it's there forever because the profile- Facebook knows that profile messaged me and you can create an audience of anybody who's messaged you for the last year. So oh, that opens that up. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. I didn't think about that. So that's a remarketing opens audience. Up retargeting too. forever. If that's your inbound, if you're inbound, if you're doing cold inbound from that, you qualify. Now get this. Let's say you ask for email. So you ask for email and you find out they're a NASCAR loving Montana redhead and you're like, boom. Now let's add them to an audience on Facebook. Now I've got that. So my remarketing can be, it's going to last forever because they came in through a chat sequence, which now means that audience is going to live forever. And I've just hyper-segmented it one level deeper. Well, but, now, where does that hyper-segmentation live? Is that inside of Facebook? I can, I can take the, 
the segment that you're building using your software, somebody else's. Sure. And I can push that into Facebook. Yes. So as long as you've got an email address, you can you can send that back into a Facebook audience, right? Because we can't. I think they're actually going to be coming out with a pixel that functions inside of chats from Facebook. So you'll actually be able to identify like lead material that's happening in a chat sequence. So you can fire a pixel. But if you get an email address, you know you can upload that as a custom audience. So oh, in I real time... So we would use the email, but you can't segment a chat yep. that's come in based off of the way that that person responded to chat. You can't segment that chat audience inside of Facebook. The chat audience is just the chat audience. Yes, you can su- you can sub-segment, but it gets layers deeper from like like the, the, mati- the way that you would have to do it. And you'd have to collect some piece of information like a phone number or an email address. Okay. Or what you could do is when they actually take an action, let's say they get tagged as redhead, you can say, okay, anybody who's got this tag, there is a way to do it. It's just going to be like multiple layers deep. I, we do it mostly through Zapier. We just have it set up, you know, okay, this person will try to get the email ahead of time because I think that's the most stable thing. But from your level, yeah, the easiest way to do it is going to be have a, you know, a, a big retargeting audience of anybody who's messaged you then you could hyper-segment that again based off of tags just using Zapier. So this is why I'm asking. I don't mean to get so granular, but I think you've dropped a yeah. golden value bomb here. And I just want I want, I want to know how to use it. And I want, I want our listeners to know how to use it. I'm targeting and I want people who are into NASCAR. The very first yep. message that this, this chat bot triggers is, hey, are you into NASCAR? Yes or no? Somebody says, if person A says yes, person B says no. Both person A and B are in my messenger remarketing list, right? And there's no yep. way for me to yep. tell Facebook, only give me people that responded to A, responded A, responded yes. Yes and no. There is the conversion API. So if you can okay. trigger through the conversion API, you could actually have that yes answer trigger conversion API event. And now that lets you segment that one chat audience into two. But they so haven't given me their contact API. information. I right. have so, it because uh, I've chatted with them. Yep. So it's not like the personal information. It's not email, phone number, but I, through Conversion API, you could trigger that up. Our, our software doesn't have Conversion API because we haven't gotten to that effect yet. But if you had a Conversion API set up, which I think you can do third party in most platforms, uh, you could segment based on that one question. However, once you get their data, then you could reverse engineer it. If you tagged them and let's say three questions later, you ask them for email, which I'll, I'll, I'll die on this sword all day. I think you should, in almost every single segment, ask somebody for phone number or email 100%. in a segment because getting, keeping it in the conversation, that's one thing. But then getting their data, that's the whole point of having them in this sequence. It's lead generation when in most industries, lead generation doesn't exist the way that I like to look at it. I like inbound lead gen. And I think e-commerce comes across as mostly like I'm on the way out lead gen. So abandoned carts or discount pop-ups, exit pop-ups. There's very few people and the people that we've worked with do this on the way in, collect an email. Hey, by the way, thank you so much for your first time shopper. Here's 10% off. Yes, you're giving them a discount and incentive, but it's on the way in. So it's everybody. So if, once you collect that email, you can segment based off whatever you want. It's, it's significantly easier. What do you consider a good engagement rate for a chat bot? Like if you were just, let's say you just have your homepage, you know, you're, you're running ads, you're sending traffic to a collection page, for example. You've got the, your chatbot down in the lower right-hand corner, your sort of generalized ads. Like looking at it from like my targeting is not what it used to be. I'm just going to send a whole bunch of traffic to all my, you know, all my products, but then throw this chatbot on there that maybe will sub-segment them out and tell me, all right, you're interested in the padded you know, front part yep. to the workout gear, which is actually really cool, by the way. And I do get it that is on cool. the collarbone. It's a cool product. But anyway, it, yeah, but or get one on the back too. That'd be pretty cool. For yeah, right? Back deadlifts. But anyway, they the point is, is like, they really well, interesting. But the point is like that, okay, so in the world of iOS, if I'm just sending broad scale traffic to a collection page or maybe some kind of targeting you know, uh, interested in athletics or whatever it happens to be, yoga, like what, whatever your your niche yep. is in your business, like what could you reasonably expect to be able to gather some data like that through a chatbot? Like what's a reasonable expectation of so like a conversion rate flip, to a chatbot? I would flip the mindset that you're taking from the beginning. And, and I say this, I, I'll say this, this is going to come across as like selfish. I, we don't send people to 
this, the landing page the same way that you used to. I'll tell you this right now. The chat bot in the bottom right, cool. It works best at moments of like moments of inflection. So if you know you've got a product that people are going to have questions on, have it down there. I, I think of the on-site chat widgets a lot of times as like distractions. They bother exactly. me as a shopper. I don't love them. We're seeing right. on average that about 10% of website visitors are going to hit that. I drive people directly into a chat sequence. Add on Facebook. When they click, bam, they're driven into Messenger or bam, they're driven into Instagram. That's it, it right away. Because again, think about it in the world of iOS 14 especially. I can't retarget to people after 15 days. So we used to teach two years ago, hey, you know, audience is gold. Get somebody to your website because once they're on your website, that's gold and you've got that forever. You can, you can really make a business off of that. That doesn't exist anymore. But if you send them into Messenger first or Instagram first, that does exist and it exists forever. So now if your coldest audience goes through an assessment sequence first, gets to know them a little bit, for instance, you're, you're targeting something kind of broad with the sports bra thing. First question, hey, do you uh, lift weights and put anything on your collarbone that might eventually bru bruise your collarbone or do you suffer from collarbone bruising? No? Okay. So we have a line and now I would describe my line that's for people who want fashion first because that's what they're coming to me for. They saw a picture. They liked it. They're not worried about bruising. Now it's fashion. But now I know forever for the rest of time, if I can get that person's email address, all of my marketing from my email marketing to my ad marketing, everything can be driven to, hey, I'm not going to show you any more max protection stuff. I'm going to show you minimum protection fashion stuff because that's what I think that you're most likely going to be into. So we don't, especially when people work with us, we create chat-based sequences that are the entire inbound funnel. By the time somebody gets out of our chat sequences, they're usually either on a single page or they're on a bestsellers page. And there's a reason that we're sending them there. And it's because we've already gathered some information, hopefully collected a lead out of them. And we've created the beginning of that now, what we can consider year long and, and over retargeting. But also, I mean, just to keep it really simple, it's like now we know something about most people because the first message in a chat sequence is going to get about 95% like take rate. And this is actually really cool. We did a, we've done a couple of campaigns now with Instagram. We're finding Instagram doesn't allow you to pre-populate the email address in a sequence. Messenger does. But even with that, even asking a user, random user in a, in a giveaway or in an ad sequence, whatever, random user, 97% across the board email opt-in rate in a sequence versus, I don't know what it would be on a website. Usually we're seeing anywhere between you know 12 to 35%, depending on what the incentive is. But they're doing it because they're in a linear path versus on a website, I can exit out. In a chat, it's like, hey, to get to the next step, give me your email. And they're now incentivized enough to go, okay, sure, I'll give my email. So opt-in rates go up in these sequences when you do that as the primary objective. So yes, can you put a chat widget on your website? I do it on my order pages, things like that, that can help somebody through like a common question. But I don't like the people who, and, and maybe this is a, a, a unintelligent thing to say as somebody who's a, who runs a chat bot company, but I don't like the people who are like, everything has to be chat bot. Everything has to be automated. I look at it like investing. Man, if what you're doing works... You should probably diversify while, you, while you're profitable, which means start spending some of your ad money on 20% going into Messenger's campaigns and see how it does. Lego does this at the holiday seasons. Lego, this is a brilliant example of like a chat sequence working for Lego. They run an ad and they say, hey, it's almost time for you to shop for your kids. Click here and we'll tell you what to get your kid. That then alleviates the pain from the shopper going, oh, great. They're going to tell me what to get. First question, how old is your kid? And it's like, mm. bingo, that's the easiest thing because on a store, I've now got to go and figure out, wait, which one of these boxes can my kid put together? Because mm. Legos are oriented by how old you are. Now it has little quick replies and it's like, my kid is between zero and one, one, two, two to four, whatever, all the way up to you know 18. So you click that and it says, here's the best sellers for that niche. And now instantly that person's been told what to do. But now as a business, I know you've got a kid who's 12 years old. The rest of my marketing can go to you who has, a who has a kid that's 12 years old, whereas that doesn't exist if I send you to the website. I can't get that data forever. Maybe if you really hyper-segment the pixel, you could identify that, but you only get that for seven days. You don't get it for long. So there's a lot of really cool like data that you can take out the backside of it. But again, I'm not all about like everything has to be chat set up, but I do think that every business could probably get an additional 15 to 25, 30% revenue. Lego, by, by the way, increased their revenue by 3x and decreased their cost to acquire a customer by 3x 
by using that exact funnel. And QVC increased their order value by 5% or 5X by sending people into a chat sequence instead of sending them to their website because there's less navigation. It's you being told what you want versus you having to look for what you want. Makes things very easy. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. Does using chatbots subvert the iOS 15 issue of Apple trying to steal emails from us? Like if you're asking uh, in the chat, do you actually are you more likely to get the quote unquote real email, or will will Apple are, still sneak in there? You're still going to get the real email. Here's where here's where it it does help us circumvent, and this gets down to hyper segmentation. And, and I was reading this from a, a guy who owns an email uh, autoresponder, and he he put it out brilliantly, way better than I will. But I'll give you the the, the more segmented your email broadcasts are going to be from the in the future, the better it's going to perform because. The open rates from the ESP are still going to be what they are. They're going to be reported differently, but they're still going to be what they are. So if they're low open rates, even though they're being reported as high because they're showing you an open no matter what, the ESP is still going to be lower on the delivery. If you hyper-segment, here's a, a great example. The, the sports bra example, we'll use them, uh, free marketing for them apparently. So if you have the, the super, if you're qualified for the super thin one and you gave me your email and I send you an email that says our low contact or low impact, you know, fashion forward sports bra now 20% off. It's more likely to get opened by you than it would be if you were interested in the high impact one, right? The big sure. padded one. W what I meant so was that hyper segmentation improves, but we still... Again, to to your like your the deepness of your question, we still won't get the return data when they open. That's all done through your autoresponders. So you send the email out. Email Apple's gonna like fake the return and say yes, this person opened. Here's a fake email address that opened. So it falsifies all the emails on the way in. However, you are still gonna get better open rates when you segment that list. So you do in a sense kind of bypass some of the issues that are coming from iOS 15, but it doesn't like solve them i guess well, i was actually referring more to the, the the front end acquisition of the email what what apple's doing is if i try to fill out a form apple says do you want to use a proxy email oh true yes that doesn't exist in a chat that's what i was getting at so if you're using yeah. a chat you get real emails 100 percent. in fact that's i'll give you this on facebook it pre-populates their facebook email so it, there's nothing there that shows from apple it literally shows you the email address they use to log into facebook i have 
an astronomically low for for the marketing industry 1% bounce rate on my first on my initial emails from those and in fact what i get is i get emails from people saying hey can i change my email this is my personal email i'd like to keep my marketing stuff on this other one so i'm actually getting a really raw real email address my open rates are higher and then on instagram you can't pre-populate it but again i've had no issues the only thing you'll see on instagram because you can't pre-populate yet, I think it's coming, is the occasional typo. It's not terrible. I thought it was going to be higher. It's probably about the same as what it would be on a website. So, you know, four to 6%. Dude, the fact that you're getting real emails, that's a huge value proposition too. Because Apple veiling emails, I think, is going to be pretty catastrophic for folks that rely heavily on email marketing. I know a ton of people, especially in the B2B space, where it's not just about the email. It's the lead intelligence you get post-acquisition. You get to take that email, pipe it into, you know, there's various data tools, but pipe it into one yep. of those data tools, and you learn so much about this customer. If you lose the ability to do that and chat gives it back, that's, you know, again, it goes all the way back to first-party data, which is my new favorite stoop to sit on. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love I, I think that data and hyper segmentation and, and I recently we, we recently filmed a, a podcast episode basically on that exact topic because I think with privacy being such a forefront issue and with iOS 4, 15 with this email issue, I look at hyper segmentation and hyper segmented targeting from ads as being a like a leveler for the playing field, something that gives us something back because now at least we can be more accurate with our marketing. So maybe we can't you know, do all the same tricks and, and, and things that we did before, but now I know so much more about the people coming in that I can be more accurate in my email. I can, I can send an email to 10 people that are exactly the issue that they, you know, the solution to the issue they have versus I've got an email of you know, 1,000 people. Let's email all of them this thing. But it's like not all of them came in for that thing. So maybe some of them aren't going to open because that they're not interested in that especially if you have a store that sells multiple items somebody just really wants a shirt and you're are you know you're marketing your hats i get it you want to cross sell but you're going to get better opens from the people who are interested in buying shirts and that's just you know one little baby baby example eventually you can start asking questions like where are you located if you're a store that sells hoodies don't market hoodies to me yet i'm in florida it's really warm here we don't need hoodies just yet maybe market that to everybody else so you can do this you know Again, you can get into the weeds with hypersegmentation. I like hypersegmentation from the fact of like asking a few questions that really matter of like, you know, we 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 have agency coaches who use the platform and they're like, "Hey, when I'm when I'm qualifying a lead, I want to know, do you spend more than $5,000 a month on advertising? If they do, I want to personally get involved." And it's like, "Okay, great. Use our platform. If somebody says they spend more than 5,000 bucks, send yourself a text message that says, "Go and talk to this person." That one little solution then makes it to where, you know, every lead that goes through your booked call funnel, you can't do those little segmentations based off of the people that I really want and everybody else. So it just changes your ability to like, it gives you a little bit of an edge. So for the customers that you serve that are really doing well, what's the trend six months ago till today or even just right now? Like what, what? marketing mix are they utilizing chat as a part of their online digital strategy and, and has that changed substantially in the last let's just use six months three to six months obviously there's a lot that's happened in those three to six months yeah so like what have you seen as a trend like as a recommendation because i think so pr the precursor to that question is the listeners of this show got bombarded with bot talk for sure just about every show for like three years ago. And like, and then it died off. I'm like, well, this sucks because most of them suck, like you said mm -hmm. before. So this is a sort of a reset. And it's not because, oh, it's another like whiz bang, great tool that you should be doing yes. or otherwise you're going to miss out. Well, now there's a lot of businesses that are actually really struggling because of iOS changes, you know, tracking issues, mm -hmm. visibility. So looking at that, like, Somebody listening to the show might be like, wait a second, I totally wrote that off. But what are the big guys doing? What are the ones that are successful? How are they doing it? And what's the trend there and what you're seeing in your business every day? I would say that I've been I've been kind of preaching this on my soapbox for six years, ever since bots kind of came out. And I saw this whole like, oh wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, guys, 
we're, you're way overblowing all of this. It's 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 not this in depth. It doesn't have to be that crazy. I've seen some of the really crazy sequences that people are building. So I'm glad to be here after. I'm glad to be here post hype actually because mid hype it was just overrun. Um, I would say the cool thing is like the, the biggest answer is actually the biggest answer that's happened in the last six years to what's happened in the last three to six months. And that is the implementation of Instagram automation for DMs. You can now automate your DMs on Instagram. So especially in the niche that we really help the most people with, they've got the most reach on Instagram already. Facebook already had this. There's there's a paid side and there's an organic side. Most of the brands, especially in the e-commerce space that we work with, they already had some presence on Instagram or it's easier for them to get it there. So when we're talking about organic, there's a lot more for people to take advantage of now that it's on Instagram. You can automate somebody, if they inbound DM you, you can automate an ad that then triggers into an Instagram DM sequence. You can automate if somebody comments on one of your posts, you can send them a message. And then also if somebody tags your brand in a story, you can automate a message and sequence to them. So I would say that number one, like without even looking at anything else, the biggest change is now you can do this and it's native to Instagram and it's inside of Instagram DM instead of sending somebody to Messenger. And otherwise, I would say making the focus on lead generation. I think a couple other platforms gave so many features and functionalities that's like they were trying to make it to where you could do the entire e-commerce experience inside of a chat. And I, I never bought into that. I never thought that was a cool experience because there's, there's just something different about shopping where I normally shop, I guess is the way that I would look at it. And it's like, it just feels different and it didn't feel quite right to do it inside of a chat sequence. I've never bought anything inside of a little chat sequence. So it never felt normal popping order forms inside of that. It just, it felt like it was missing something. So we've always stuck with, Hey, you know, get information, tell them about your product, but then get them over to the product. So shortening the sequences, using sequences as lead generation, using sequences to define and assess who's right for it. Um, and then coming up with good reasons. And, and I want to say like almost gamifying how you can actually use all of the entry points because we know messenger has anywhere between seven to nine entry points, depending on if you want to count like scan codes and things, which are through m.me links. But you know, maybe, maybe like for instance, you had mentioned putting a chat widget on your website. Maybe you don't want to use that. So you're going to miss that entry point, which is fine. But every entry point in the way that I've always taught it, every entry point has a different funnel, different sequence because they're coming from a different place. So understanding that and not just saying, hey, I've got this amazing sequence. It took me a week to build, which I think is ridiculous. All of ours take an hour and a half to two hours. And then we add on them, but it took me a week to build it. But now I've got this new entry point. I, I want to take advantage of it, but it doesn't make sense. But I'm going to use it anyways because it took me two weeks to make it. And it's like, it's, it's almost like using the exact same funnel, you know, landing page funnel for different audiences. It kind of doesn't feel right because they're coming from a different place. So I would say shortening sequences, Use them as lead generation. Use them to get data out to your other platforms. Now with this iOS 14 being such a big deal, if you collect an email, it changes your entire game. Everything is different once you've collected an email, and it's never been easier to collect an email than it is in a chat sequence, period. I have better opt-in rates than any landing page. I will put that up against the best copywriters in the world, and mine literally just say, hey, if you want to get this thing, give me your email. You don't have to be a genius copywriter. It's just that it's that linear progression. There's a wall. I can't get past this, but I want to get past it. I'm going to give you my email. And we do still get really good emails. So aside from Instagram being the obvious, I would say shortening of sequences, more frequent creation of them and using them for lead generation and hyper-segmentation for the future of your marketing. Almost looking at it as like not even a bot, just a replacement to your landing page slash middle sales page. Get them over to the sales page after. You know, I think it speaks um, to the efficacy of micro points. commitments, right? Like people are, and you talk about this all the time in, in just feed on the street sales. You put a form in front of somebody, they now have to take one big action. But mm-hmm. if somebody starts engaging with chat, then they're making all these little micro commitments and they're taking a bunch yep. of really small actions. And so when you do warm them up to asking for the email, even if it happens quickly, even if it happens after you know one or two or three prompts, I, I can see how somebody would be a little bit more likely to opt into that and I do like the idea of maybe testing chat against landing pages or, or funnels, which I, you know, the take home message for me here is using chat to segment sharp, capturing first party data, of course. And then if you've got a, a funnel that was performing 
pre-iOS change that died, man, I I would test that same funnel, but I would just turn the funnel into a chat. And so for, what we and do is I call it a lot of listeners like that. We call it a Robin Hood method. And what we do is one of the ways that we teach our sequencing is we'll go, we'll take an ad, I'll go on Facebook, I'll see an ad, I'll click on it, and I'll say, okay, how would I change this into a sequence? And and also collect email. So good examples like a company called Butcher Box. They sell like prepackaged meat and it's frozen. They send it to your house. Their ad was, hey, get two pounds of free salmon. Go and select your box. So you click the ad, you go over to their landing page, and it's like, okay, what size box do you want? And what do you want in your box? And you know, do you want this? Do you want that? It was like seven questions and then they collected your information. But if you don't finish the entire questionnaire, they don't have anything. Whereas in a chat sequence, if they ask, if they answer the first question, now you know they wanted a chicken and beef box. And now you can build your remarketing around that. Another when well, you can talk to them forever, right? Like you said, you throw a VA at forever. it, they go through your messenger, they reach out again. Yeah. Hey, I saw that you didn't complete this. Is everything okay? I, I, just, just type start over if you want to start over. But Dude, what's even great really about compelling. that... What about this too? Because we talk about remarketing. Everybody knows the money's in the follow-up, right? Well, if the money's in the follow-up and you have a chat sequence allows you four, allows you 24 hours to automate from their last engagement to automate following up. So what we do is we build the initial sequence. We wait an hour. Hey, did you get what you needed? It, yes or no? Well, now guess what? When they click yes or no, new 24 hours. Then we wait 20 hours. So now we've kind of encompassed the first full day. Hey, this is our last chance, yada, yada, yada. Ask them another question. Boom, new 24 hours. So now you can start to build this out based on engagement. And it's free remarketing that goes into their inbox. Period, end of story. It's better than having to spend money. And, and the other side of that is it's the only way that 100% of people that you send into your funnel will see that. And, and one other note, because I, I didn't want to go too far past this without remembering it, that, that, that talk about micro commitments. It hit me when you said that, that, you know, if you, when you go into a doctor's office, you know how they give you the form and you got to fill it out. And it's kind of always a little bit of a hassle to fill that out, even though that's like, what were your symptoms where, you know, blah, 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 previous history, whatever. But then when the doctor comes in, he does the exact same thing. And that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel as bad, right? You're like, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm going to tell him as he asks me questions like, no, I've never had this. Yes, I've had that. No, I haven't had this. The only difference is one is a conversation and the other one is fill out all this information at one time and it just feels like, ah. And to me, that comes across as feeling like a landing page where you've got to fill out name, email, phone number, this, that, this, that. It's like a checkout form, everything all at one time versus what if you did a portion of that in a sequence? It's going to be easier and it's going to come across a little bit more natural, just like a doctor asking you in sequence, you know, hey, have you ever broken a bone? Okay, cool. What bone was it? Blah, 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 blah versus having to write it all down. It kind of has that, that, in my opinion, that like that feel, that dichotomy of like one feels a little bit more like labor intensive and the other one's more like, oh, this isn't, I get it. This is why he's asking those questions. And so that's why I think we get better response through our assessment funnels in a, chat sequence than we would on like a landing page i also think so, it's an issue of context you've got like if i'm on if i'm on a website filling out a chat box i'm less likely that doesn't feel like home to me but if you spend a lot of time in messenger already yes you know like you're so used to just kind of and man i see some of those folks too i'm about to get in trouble my my wife's one of them when i see my wife chatting up on you know whatsapp or messenger or whatever mm -hmm. she's just like lightning quick and talking to 50 different people having 500,000 conversations i don't know how she does it but she's she's psychologically primed for that type of conversation so yep. i can see how from a commercial perspective if you were to kind of migrate her over to having that conversation with the bot it's less bot-esque because context is so important there where if you put that exact same bot but on a website chat box now she's she, her walls up her barriers up so, totally totally that's why i i just love getting them into the sequence getting them into it the actual messaging like a dm center center that's why i think instagram too instagram's culture is already dm me instagram's culture is already hey message me this hey comment this instagram is four times more engaging than facebook so it gets more comments it gets more likes but it also already has an ingrained culture of DM me if you want this. That can then start a bot. It, we don't have that culture on Facebook. Not many ads are like, hey, DM me this on Facebook. We don't see it that often. So now that we can automate Instagram, especially for e-commerce brands, it, it literally opens up all brand new doors. You can automate everything. We're working with clients right now that sell cookbooks. They're doing amazing things. You can, you can uh, actually get more organic reach now because you can host contests. 
and giveaways. Let's say you do a giveaway. Every e-commerce store wants to do a giveaway. Now, instead of just getting likes on an algorithm that you don't control, that maybe gets 8% reach whenever you make a post, now you can say, okay, like my page, comment tagging three friends, and then DM me giveaway. And then you run them through a chat sequence that asks for their email address. And now your giveaway, you're going to give away, we just did it recently with a laptop. We gave away a laptop, but we collected 300 email addresses and we turned those into several tens of thousands of dollars through our funnel because we you know, actually got to market to them now. And the old way of running giveaways post August of 2021 was, oh, just tag three friends and thanks. It's like mm. now you can actually acquire a lead through these giveaways. So that's a new aggressive format of organic. And then guess what? It also is safe because you're not saying, hey, go buy this. I'm sure you guys know the, the if, you, if you make somebody in a giveaway go purchase something in order for an entry, every dollar you spend, that kind of thing, that's actually considered a lottery. I just read this, that it's, it's illegal. You can't run those. Those are technically could get you in a lot of trouble if you say you have to spend money because it's a pay-to-play model. So what you do instead is you say, we're, we're going to give this away to everybody who enrolls. We're going to give this away. But to be a full enrollee, you've got to go in and DM us and now we at least get an email address. So we're getting something of value. You get a lot more email addresses that way. Then you just email everybody when the winner comes. But guess what? For the next 24 hours just for enrolling, you get 20% off everything in our store. Click this link and go shop. Now it's just easy to get them that information. Then you wait an hour. Hey, did you go and shop? I just want to let you know that that discount code is only good for 24 hours. Then 23 hours later, you hit them up again. Last chance this is my last warning for you. And again, that's all free and it all triggers off on the very first message. So having that like deep granularity of being able to actually follow up with somebody on that level and you could ask them questions along the way, it, it opens up a bunch of new doors. I'm going to ask this again. I, I think it might have gotten lost in the question that I asked before. But uh, let's say I'm an e-commerce company. I'm spending maybe pre-July or pre-June of this past year. I'm spending 100k per month, getting a pretty good, you know, ROAS, you know, two, three x that kind of thing, kind of cruising along, scaling up. All of a sudden, iOS hits, and I lose a lot of visibility. Probably 30, 40 percent of my of my visibility as far as reporting goes. And now my ad spends down. I'm now spending 50, 60K a month. You know, my ROAS isn't what it once was. Like those types of customers are the ones that like we talk to every single day. Like where yeah. does this fit in overall? And what have you seen? Like you've mentioned some of these bigger brands like Lego. Like, I don't know what they're mm -hmm. doing or whether you can divulge it or whether they're a customer or not. But like people want to know that. Like how should this fit into the overall equation because in most cases e-commerce prior to you know mid you know 2021 wasn't doing a whole lot of lead gen it was yeah. a very rare thing it's like you don't most of them were it, multiple SKUs going right to the product page exactly. maybe there's a video that kind of thing oh i'm collecting it i'm getting data everything's great i don't need leads well all of a sudden first party data yeah. now becomes very very important so what have you seen like the big like case study wise, like somebody who yep, transitioned so and made the transition and their business is now actually growing using all this stuff. I get, you know, Instagram DM obviously is yep. a big add on. It's a huge improvement. Talk to us about that because I think that's so what your listeners here probably want to know. Initial model uh, that we're seeing, especially like let's, let's just use an example of e-commerce, somebody who was doing really well. Initial model is first diversify 20% ad budget into a sequence. Give it enough run. Same audience that you're going to be targeting now with your normal ads. But remember that it's got a, a longer term benefit. Everybody's retargetable. You can collect data. You're getting data on the way in, not as they're on their way out. So you can spend a little bit more to get them in there. Now, realize you can still run conversion ads that run through Messenger first. So you can run a conversion ad, have it trigger in Messenger that's going to send, when they click on the ad, sends them into Messenger, but the pixel event is still on your website. So eventually, once you've assessed them or done something, whatever your funnel might be, you send them over to your product. Now, this varies. You know, you're talking big multiple SKU store, very obvious product, high consumable, something like that. You don't have to educate your users a lot on why they're buying. In, in, in most cases, if it's, if, it's, if it's coffee, right? You don't have to say like, Hey, our, our, here's all the 10,000 cool things about our coffee. It's not a long sales Are you page. tired in the morning? Yeah, we exactly. have a solution like, for you, you. Do you like coffee? You qualify. <laughs> and so maybe you ask them like how they like their coffee. You know, use the five beans below and tell us how much, you know, how robust you like your coffee. You could do that. But I would say take exactly what you're doing right now 
and literally go into a sequence building platform. It doesn't have to be ours. It can be any of them because I think that the growth of these automations helps everybody. We'll find new, cooler things as more people adopt them. We're still at less than half a million businesses that use messenger automations. So we're still, in, and that's in the world. So we're still very infantile in this stage of, of where it's at. Now, granted, there's probably 1.2 million people who've signed up, but actively using them and with ads, we're probably about less than half a million. Um, so I get into a sequence and say, okay, how would I rebuild my normal landing page? But I, I do it in a sequence. Do I want to collect data? And do I have a follow-up if I do? Because a lot of people, one of the mistakes that we're seeing is like, because they weren't used to doing data collection, they didn't have an aggressive data collection follow-up monetization path. It was like, oh, I gave them 10%. Now they're on my audience. I'll broadcast whenever I want to broadcast. Thinking through that a little bit more now going, okay, now if everybody comes through, gives us their email address, how are we following up with those people? And what does that look like LTV wise? So I would take 20, 15 to 20% of your ad budget I would then reprioritize it to a sequence building platform and you get you have to give it at least 60 days to run through the value of email, but make sure you're doing it right. Every lead that you collect goes into a different list so that you can tell that list is making me this much. Try to do as much as you can as far as deep level targeting so you can use a third-party tracking platform if you want or our platform, for instance, is going to be integrated with Shopify by end of this month. So we'll be able to tell you how much every click makes in your store, but little things like that so that you can tell, okay, this sequence is now doing this and what is it worth 30 to 60 days? I know, for instance, going into Q4, biggest conversation we're having right now, e-commerce brands is, hey, now I want to build my list again because I, I don't care about it the rest of the year, but now on Black Friday, I'd really like to have a list of warm audience that I could promote to. Okay, so run them into a sequence and I'll give you an example of a brand that we worked with as an apparel company on Black Friday. We spent very minimal uh, amount of money, probably... I'd say 25 to 30% of their ad budget was spent promoting our, hey, Black Friday is coming up. We had a cool ad, video ad. Hey, Black Friday is coming up. If you want to be the first one to get notified of our deals, click below. We'll announce our deals Thursday night at 8 p.m. because nobody's doing anything Thursday night at 8 p.m. on Thanksgiving. You're sitting around unbuttoning your pants watching football. So shopping on the phone is totally fine. So what we did was we, we sent them into a sequence and literally said, hey, here's our deals if you're part of our VIP package, which is down below, just give us your email, uh, you'll get notified at 8 p.m. the day before and you get 35% off. Everybody else is only going to get 30. And so they give us the email Thursday at 8 p.m. Did something like, it ended up being, we spent, I want to say even, I know in the few days before we were spending like $1,000, we made like 22000 in on the day of at 8 p.m. from that list of VIPs. And it wasn't even that big. You're talking 18,000-ish people. And it was just because they felt included. They felt special. This was pre-everybody else. And with Black Friday, people know things go out of stock. Sizes get out of stock. Colors, actual you know, SKUs can go out of stock. So now that's the reason they signed up for, for VIP. So even a little idea like that, reprioritizing going into Q4 saying, well, I'm going to spend money building my list. And then but now you've got that list forever. So you can use that list on your next sale and the next sale and the next Black Friday, whatever. It's just figuring out how can I do that with 20, 30, 40% of my budget to build my list knowing that I'm going to use that list you know, ongoing. And then you get this first party data. Then you can revert back once you've collected email. You can send that back into an audience and have a specific audience. So there's a lot more you can do. But I'd say first steps... Look for a 30 to 60 day game plan running, you know, maybe in the beginning, you're 10 to 15% of your ad budget, same targeting, same everything. Do it one of two ways, either keep a conversion objective ad or, which is kind of cool, different trick on the algorithm, use a messages objective ad because messages objective, even if you're targeting an audience of a million people, the converters are a different group in that million than the messages, right? But yeah, Facebook knows who's chatty and who's clicky and yeah. who watches, yeah. And so it's it's technically still in your audience, but now you're seeing, is there anybody else that we can pull in there? It's a different part of the acquisition model. So you can try it with messages objective. You can try it with conversion. You technically can try it with traffic. I've never seen anybody have a lot of results. You get cheaper results. I'll say that. So if you want cheap leads, use the traffic objective and send them into messenger. I don't like that. I like messages objective or conversion objective. Me in particular, if I'm setting it up, it's a conversion objective to the first thing in your funnel that matters. So add to cart or purchase and then see how that performs after 60 days, giving it a full LTV 
of that individual funnel. And here's the good thing. With Messenger, you've got sponsored messages. So if you're driving people into Messenger, you can actually run an ad on Facebook that the ad lives in their Messenger inbox. So when you deploy that ad, it's got a one-on-one impression ratio. So you're not it's not like showing in a feed. It literally sends a message into your chat thread promoting whatever you want. I have yet to see a single person do less than 90x ROI, ROAS on a on a sponsored message because you're spending $20 CPM and I know this is going to get really nerded out. $20 CPM, let's say you've got 10,000 people, you spend $200, you're basically broadcasting to 10,000 people into their messenger inbox. You're just paying Facebook to do it. So the results from that are massive. So just have a game plan front and back is the biggest, biggest factor. You can't just be, and you guys know this, any marketer knows who's been in the marketing side for a long time. You can't just focus on lead generation. You've got to focus on back-end monetization. How, what am I doing to monetize the leads that I'm getting? And I, I, I've noticed that working with a lot of e-commerce brands that aren't used to front-end lead acquisition, they, they don't have that back-end game. So just remember... I'm going to make money on Black Friday. I'm going to make money on Memorial Day. I'm going to make money on Christmas, all these things. So yeah, just prioritize a little bit of your budget. Try to build your same funnel that you used to have that was working, but build it into a chat sequence and make sure that you're monetizing the back end. Have you seen it replacing entire ad budgets? Like on for the I've not seen anybody transition everything over 100% just because I believe that their algorithm still favors, even if you do a conversion <clears throat> ad, it's still going to favor the people that are likely to engage in a message ad, it's still going to favor that. So you, you still have a little bit of a different algorithm there, but I have seen people put above 75% of their ad budget. This was actually with a uh, digital product, not a, not a physical product, digital product, 75% or more of their ad budget directly into chat sequences. That was their lead generation. There was no squeeze page. It was literally just the rest of their budget was basic retargeting budget and, and things like that to sell the product after lead lead acquisition. But all inbound went through a sequence for them. Got it. Travis, if people want to hear more from you, where do they do that? I, I would say probably reach out to me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active and it's the easiest thing. We're literally Are in the Are they really going to be talking to you or are they going to be talking to some fancy ass 100%, bot? Travis's bot. 100%. I, I don't <laughs> this whole interview has actually been with this bot. I don't yeah. know if you realize they that. Are, Travis isn't even here. He just automated this conversation. <laughs> yeah. They they are gonna talk to me. I keep that as my like my my line to the people that I really want to talk to because I don't have like a billion followers. So I'm at the Travis Stevenson. You can DM me. I can put you in touch with anybody who might be better at something that you need help with or knows more about a topic. But um, happy to always send over you know demo videos of what can be done and and especially shooting the. I don't know how clean the podcast is, but shooting the stuff with anybody who wants to talk about it. And, you know, I just like going over it. And hey, I will also be the first one to tell somebody, maybe don't use a bot right now. You know, I'm, I'm really honest with it because my end game for everybody is I'd like for it to work because then, especially if somebody ends up using our platform, I'd like for you to keep paying and not just mm. eventually you know, ditch us. So I, I don't like telling people use this because I do it and it's the best thing in the world. So yeah, at the Travis Stevenson, our website chatmatic.com is being redone. So right now it only talks about messenger. So we're in the process of rebuilding it, which should be in the next couple of weeks. This was awesome, man. Really appreciate you, Travis. This, you, you, you turned me around a lot. I, I'm still, I feel shady about bots on websites, but chat in app, Facebook and Instagram. I think that that turns the viability of Facebook, Facebook and Instagram ads around for a lot of companies. So this is, yeah. this is great. Thank you for everybody for listening this week. For all the links and the resources that we mentioned on this week's show, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com. Yes, you could probably go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, but head on over to perpetualtraffic.com. That is our new home. And you will get all the resources and all the links that we mentioned here inside today's show. So make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening, no matter what platform you're on. Most of us are on iTunes, but we are also on Stitcher as well as Spotify. So you can leave a rating and subscribe over there as well. And like I mentioned uh, to start today's show, if you leave us a good rating, we will mention you and 
your review on the show here live, which is pretty cool. So make sure to follow me and Kasim on Twitter. My handle is at Ralph HB and definitely shoot me a message over there and say hello. And of course, just to remind you that tier11.com forward slash audit, five lucky businesses are going to be able to get a customer acquisition path audit free on the house. We usually charge for these. We're giving away five to people who qualify here from perpetual traffic as our free gift to you to help you scale and grow and get your free customer acquisition path audit so you can find out exactly where the holes are in your customer acquisition path, whether it's your ads, whether it's your sales funnel, whether it's your pages, your offer, and we will help do that for you for free. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit and get your free audit there. And uh, make sure you go back and listen to previous episodes here on Perpetual Traffic. Until next week, everyone, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. 